98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Three o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Happy Wednesday to you. I almost said Thursday. Happy anniversary day issue. Yeah, by the way, today is the anniversary yep. of when they beat Nebraska. Beat the hell out of Nebraska. Yes, they did. I was just showing highlights of that game on the TV. I was there that day. I was, I was yep. there in the, the 21st night of day. September. Uh-huh. You were there. I was there. I remember very, very well. I remember walking down uh, to go see my friend John at halftime of that game. He was a season ticket holder at the time and I said are you enjoying this because in the second half everyone's going to wake up and remember who they are I, I hope you're enjoying this need that you've got over Nebraska because and I wasn't trying to talk Scott smack. Frost and yeah, I'm on green I was just being honest with him I was saying you, you know as well as I do this is going to end in the second half right he's like yeah I know but it's kind of fun to watch yeah it is let's see what happens shut in the him second out. Half. shut like, him out so not 19 nothing today will also be known as the day that Robert Sarver announced that he was going to sell his portion of the team. Um, or quote, sell the whole team. Or sell the whole team. And we'll get into that, those details in just a minute. Um, in our current unforgiving climate, he writes, it's become painfully clear that redemption is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or could do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and the Mercury. I do not want to be a distraction to these two teams and to find people who work so hard to bring the joy and excitement of basketball to fans around the world. In the meantime, I will continue to work on becoming a better person and continuing to support the community in meaningful ways. It's part of a larger statement that, and we'll get into some of the details of Robert's statement, and in particular, the part that people are getting really, really upset about in which he kind of paints himself as a victim. But on a day like today, there's so many different ways we can take a conversation like this, and you know, thoughts just kind of pop into our head. And I had a couple of pop into mind about this that I want to talk about for a few minutes, okay. because I want to get your impression on this. This time a year ago, all right? Mm-hmm. So we keep talking about today's date. Yes. September 21st, 2021, well before the Baxter Holmes story had broke, well before the investigation had begun, the Suns were basking in the glow of a run to the NBA championship, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Suns were two wins away from winning the NBA Finals. And the favorites to win it this next the year. The favorites to win it again. Chris Paul got paid. Mikel Bridges was about to get paid. DeAndre Ayton didn't, but I don't think anybody was like super well no I shouldn't say that that was being held against the organization by and large if Robert Sarver ever had had his redemption tour moment right like okay we put up with all of this crap with Robert as the owner of this team and that it felt like he and they had turned the corner there's some irony in the fact that here we are less than a year later right that redemption tour came to a crashing halt. Like this time a year ago, I, I don't know if Robert Sarver was ever viewed favorably by the Suns fans, but certainly it felt like some had forgiven him for some of the things that he had done earlier in his ownership tenure. First off, he definitely started off in a, in a very difficult situation, replacing a legend in Jerry Colangelo. Okay, There was nothing that he... People loved Jerry. Now, Jerry didn't deliver the championship, but Jerry loved the Suns. It was his baby. He brought the Suns here. There was nothing anybody could do that was going to let them supplant Jerry Colangelo in popularity. Robert did come in and unlike Jerry sat about 10 rows back, about 10 rows back. 
he would sit at the arena. His seats were about he didn't sit. Robert sat courtside with the, with the foam finger right off the gate. And people, I think some people just taken aback by that. They weren't used to that. Jerry was reserved. He showed up in his suit and tie. He sat there and had his seats right, you know, again, about 10 rows back and behind the sun's bench, about 10. He wasn't right behind. He wasn't Mark Cuban. He was. So when Robert comes in, you know, all of a sudden you have this different, you know, younger generation owner and everything's a little bit different. And I think people were taken aback by that. And I, maybe some people didn't like that. And then obviously not signing Joe Johnson, like that was one of the first things that uh, he they, they spent money on Steve Nash. They spent money on Quentin Richardson, but they didn't spend money on Joe Johnson. And people were, were looking for a lot of the negatives there. And that was a great error in Suns basketball. But once that era ended... It was one of the worst eras of Suns basketball ever. One of the worst. It was 10 years years of terrible. 10 years junk. And during that tenure, there was a lot of questionable hirings on coaches and GMs that made people like, what do you like? Do you want to hire anybody? And people, and here was, here was the, um, the perception was that Robert did not want to hire anybody. With, the, with a lot of experience because then he wouldn't have a say. That Robert was very hands-on, that Robert wanted to have a say, and that's why it was always first-year coaches because first-year coaches, first-year GMs, inexperienced GMs, inexperienced coaches because now everything still has to run through me. Look, in the end, every owner has a final say on what's going on, but it was a lot easier, I think, but that was the perception. Now, Robert felt like, I'm gonna, I don't want to hire an experienced coach with a young team. If we've got a young team, I'd rather have a young coach with a young team. But people believed that he did that because he wanted to have a say in what was going on. Yeah, and, and he was viewed, to your point, as a very meddlesome owner, as an owner who made a lot of mistakes, as an owner who seemed incapable of learning from his mistakes, as as a, an organization that just was not, you know, could, could not figure out how to win, could not figure out the right thing to do to win. And every single year it was tankathon.com and ping pong balls. We remember those days, you know. The, but also Mike Lee, Steve Kerr, right when Steve Kerr oh, left. I, I I'll mean, never forget. I, I Honestly, I was thinking about that. The well, the open-ended poll question we have is like, what do you think of when you think of Robert Sarver? I remember being in here doing a show with Paul Calvisi when you had found out that Steve Kerr wasn't going to be brought back. Yeah. And like you, I uh, sitting in this seat that I'm sitting in now, you ran around that corner. You came in and, and we put you on the air right on the spot. I remember that day and I remember thinking, what the hell is going on over there? How could you do you know, the, the, like like you're doing what? I was so shocked at the that you wouldn't be willing to bring him back. That you didn't want to pay to bring him back. That they you didn't, didn't think he right. was doing a good enough job for whatever the reason was. That you have valuable people like that who had proven to be good at their job or was starting to get good at your job, and you weren't going to bring a guy like that. Well, back? I was very close with Steve, and what Steve told me is that he was offered a contract with no raise, but he wanted, and he said, "Okay, I can do that, but I need a raise." for my coaches and they didn't get it. So it wasn't that Steve was asked to take a pay cut because I talked to Steve. It was more that Steve wanted to get some raises for some of his coaches yeah. and yeah. they weren't able then they then so there were philosophical differences uh, and that's why he decided not to accept that co- a new contract and move back and go back to TV. Look, we all lived it, right? Everybody yeah. who's listening to this show uh, at at some point we we remember whether you've lived here for 2 years, 10 years or your entire life like me. We we all remember the rough times of the Robert Sarver ownership, and at times it was really rough. It was almost unwatchable. It felt like the day he hired Monty Williams that it all changed. 
it felt like that day he made the decision to spend on an experienced coach, one who wasn't going to be a pushover, one who was coveted, that that had changed the tone and the tenor of the organization and Robert's role within it. And because of the success they had after that in the bubble, the season after the bubble, the NBA finals, that Robert, while never really embraced by the fans, had at least turned a corner in terms of his style. Right. In terms of in terms of his ownership and kind of how fans perceive him. And then as soon as that investigation dropped, as soon as it started, as soon as that story came out from Baxter Holmes and ESPN.com, it was like all of that goodwill had been flushed. And we were right back to square one with Robert Sarver and not trusting him and not believing him and not thinking he was committed and not not thinking he was a good guy. All that stuff. It was like we were right back to where we started with Robert Sarver. And here we are a year later. And. It's done. It's over. He's he's out. Yeah, he he will be. And this is the start of that process. But I think you're in some ways you're right. I mean, it was a little bit of a redemption tour. Um, you know, he was willing to spend the money. We talked. Remember, we when we reported that they were willing to spend the money on the luxury tax, whatever it would take. You know, to get the team to be a winner, and people liked that. They want that. They wanted to see this team spend. Hey, listen, if you get Kevin Durant and you keep DeAndre Ayton, you're gonna have to you're gonna pay a crazy amount of money in luxury tax. Okay, they're willing to do it. 60, 70, 80, 90 million dollars in luxury tax if that's what it takes to win that's what people wanted to hear and that's what they were saying this year yeah when we come back on the burns and gambo show the messy part of the separation of robert sarver from the phoenix suns the statement he released today in which he makes himself sound like the victim we'll talk about that coming up on the burns and gambo show burns and gambo story has come to an end. Only took about eight days. I mean, you could argue it took about 20 years, but it only took about eight days. Do we consider this the end? I guess you could. I think it's mostly the end. I think now it's dotting I's and crossing I's. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. I have no idea what this is about. Not so much uh-oh, but the Phoenix Suns did release their official statement on Sarver's plans to sell the team, and I figured this was the best time to bring it up. Absolutely. What do you got? From the Suns, quote, We agree that Robert Sarver's decision to sell the Suns and Mercury is in the best interest of the organization and community. We also know that today's news does not change the work that remains in front of us to create, maintain, and protect a best-in-class experience for our staff, players, fans, partners, and community. As we've shared with our employees, we acknowledge the courage of the people who came forward in this process to tell their stories and apologize to those who hurt. We are on a journey that began before last November, one that has included changes to leadership, staff, and accountability measures. While we are proud of our progress and the culture of respect and integrity we are building, we know there remains work to do and relationships to rebuild. We are committed to doing so for our staff, players, fans, partners, and this community. Who wrote that? Does it say? This is the is official this? statement from Suns Legacy Partners, LLC, okay. the sports and entertainment entity that manages and I operates just, the Suns. I just, when they say we, I'm just curious who we is. Is it John so Najafi? Yeah. Is it, it's, is it's, it, it's, it's all the minority owners, I would imagine. Is it Jason Rowley, is it, the it, president? It, that's kind of what I was wondering, too. Is is Rowley's name on that? Is is I would assume the Legacy Partners are basically... All the other minority owners, yeah. I would imagine, it's basically everyone else that's not Robert. Well, that's, and what that is, 
is, is like, okay, um, like this is a bit of trying time, and but we, you know, we've got an organization to run. We've got a team that's going to try to win a championship. We're going to support the fans and the players and the coaches, and we're going to move forward. Decision, we agree with it, but now, you know, we're going to move forward and we're a partner with the community. I'm going to continue to be a partner with the community. So I think that was just kind of reiterating, you know, what their plan is. I agree. Um, and, and it's, it just goes to show that there was this momentum building to remove Robert Sarver, to have Robert Sarver step down. We had talked about this yesterday and, and the fact that it had been quiet over the weekend, that it had been quiet on Monday and Tuesday. It felt like some of that momentum was starting to dissipate yes, a little yes. bit, and it felt like it was starting to slow down. I suspect there were things going on behind the scenes that have not become public. I don't know that for a fact, but I suspect there were probably conversations going on behind the scenes that maybe more pressure was being applied to Robert Sarver throughout this whole process. But yeah, to answer your question before we had the the sun sounder, I, I think all that's left now is to figure out two things. Number one, does Robert Sarver have the right to sell the whole team or just his share of the team? And I know we, we, we can't know that without having the contract in front of us. You did a lot of reporting on that earlier in the day, and it's been reported by others, Baxter Holmes over at ESPN in particular, that Robert does indeed have the right to sell the entire team and not just his portion of the team. So that's thing number one we got to figure out. How, who, right. you know, who's, who, how much of the team can he sell? Is it all of it or just to share? The number two, who buys it? Who buys it? Who's going to be the next owner of the Phoenix Suns? There'll be plenty, gonna... plenty, of, uh, plenty of people that want, that want it. Seems plenty. like it. I mean, I heard from one local group that's interested, a local group that has interest in buying it. Um, and then the Disney, the guy from Disney, Bob his Iger. name come up. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the, the chance to own a, a professional sports franchise is, you know, pe- rich people will jump at that opportunity and put a group together to purchase. Yep. And then consider the Woj, the Adrian Wojnarowski tweet from earlier today in which he writes, quote, the Suns are considered an extremely desirable franchise in the marketplace and will have no shortage of high-level ownership candidates as a warm-weather destination in the West. League executives always believed this could be a monster free agent destination with the right ownership, close quote. There's not going to be any shortage of people who are willing to buy it. No, they bought it for $400 million about 20 years ago, and they're going to sell it now for over $2 billion. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to pretty good investment. And, and you know what? And some people that's going to rub some people the wrong way that Robert Sarver, you know, he's going to make a ton of money off of this. And there's nothing to do to avoid that. You know, it's his investment. It's his money. It's his right. But but Robert Sarver's punishment, for lack of a better way of putting it, is going to be turning a very healthy, rich profit when turning this But that team. was always going to happen, and he's entitled to that because he's the one who bought the organization. So he is entitled to no, that. I, the punishment to me, more than anything, is just this, the humiliation and embarrassment that you've got to go through for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, one of the things Robert's, you know, Robert said, and I, the, 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 to me it's extremely interesting, is, you know, um, the part about, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to look at the I got it right. Are you talking community? about the victim part? No, the, no, not the victim part. The, the part where... What he's going to do going forward. Uh, I want what's best for these two organizations, the players, the employees, the fans, the community, my fellow owners, the WNBA and NBA. This is the best course of action for everyone. In the meantime, I will continue to work right on here. becoming a better person and continuing to support the community in meaningful ways. Right. I Thank mean, that, and that, like, not for nothing, that's not going to be easy to do. No. I'm going to continue to support the community in meaningful ways. You know, that, like... Are you going to be accepted when you want to support the community in meaningful ways besides just writing a check? 
You know, like, I think that's the pun, the punishment. Look, he deserves to make whatever money he makes. He bought the team. He's not, he didn't do anything criminal. He's not going to jail. So, like, he deserves to, and all of the owners that are involved deserve to make their profits on, and, and that's what, listen, on, the rich people get to do that. They get to spend $400 million on something and watch it triple over 20 years. Yeah. And, and I'm not suggesting for a second that he doesn't have that right or that right should be stripped from him. I'm not suggesting that at all. It's just one of those, you know, it's really it, the financials of this, that part of it, it's not all that bad for Robert Sarver. He'll be fine. No, but he's going to make a ton of money. For pariah? Would, would pariah, pariah work? Pariah is a good word. Okay. And you know, it, like, I, but you he's going to have a hard time like it, saying what he's saying there. Like That's not so easy. And, and to be honest with you, the, hey. the part he said earlier in this statement isn't helping. All right, because when this statement was released today, the things that everybody focused on immediately were these two paragraphs. Quote, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path of forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. Okay, that's right. For yeah. those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns. He had done a lot of good. To say he did no good is just that that's just wrong. Yeah, I know, but, but but it does out. But what he said is outweighing that. That's true. This makes it sound like he's the victim. It makes it sound yeah. like, you know, sure. I was sure. on my way to redemption and and I wanted to prove I could be a different person but and a different guy. cancel culture got but, me. And, and, and it's just such nonsense. I, it's such nonsense. And, and, and here's why. And a lot of people reacted to that, too, oh, right? You I'm, sent me an email list full of the, Everybody. I see everybody, right. when the statement came out, I was like, come on, dude, seriously? You're not the victim in all of this. Stop. And the reason he He's not the victim. And the reason why he can't paint himself as the victim in this is because it's not like this is one thing that happened one year, one time. No, multiple. Multiple. Over multiple dozens, years. Dozens, yeah. And not just in the past. The most recent incident that was documented happened a year ago. I mean, we're not talking about some guy who mismanaged things for a day or a month or a year and it happened 10 years ago and he since saw the errors of his way. Based off the report, we're talking about things that happened a year ago and things that had happened for 10 years years. That's not cancel culture. That's not, that's not oh, our unforgiving society. I mean, it's... Yeah, he crossed the line. You, he crossed you, the line into, crossing it. into and, harassment. And you kept crossing it again yeah. and again and uh -huh. again and again. When people were telling you not to cross it, you kept crossing sure. it. That's not cancel yeah, but that's culture. What I'm saying that's, like not, that. that's not, I'm the victim here. Oh, our society, our culture. Come on. I'll and, look for ways to support the community. My, my, honestly, like, if I was hit, go buy an island. Go buy an island. Somewhere in the Bahamas, go live out the rest of your life, enjoy it, support your kids and everything that they're going to do. He's got three sons, you know, d like do that. Like, but it's like, I just think it's going to be hard to support the community. Like, do we, do I think we're going to see Robert in a, as a speaking, a special guest somewhere or a speaking engagement? Or I think, just think that right now, I think that that would be really hard to do. Yeah. I think it would be almost impossible to do at this point. And I think the tone of this statement that he released today made it that much more impossible because people it, almost immediately, it's like, oh, look, at the end of the day, all that matters is that he's selling. All that matters is that the pressure built up to the point where he decided to walk. And that's the most important part of today. But the words he had on his way out the door, oh, stop it. Stop it.
stop with the victimization of, oh, woe is me, and I didn't get a chance to redeem myself. You had 15 years. You know, you had you had a lifetime in this yeah, industry. Yeah, but a lot to of times yourself. people don't don't really redeem themselves until they get caught. Yeah, well, that's the that's just the truth. Kyler Murray defended the delay of game decision today in that game against the Raiders. In fact, he said that's what he wanted to happen. And you know what? He's absolutely right. Ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station, Burns and Gambo. All right, Gambo, pop quiz. Oh, I'm not good. It's no work. I, no, this is easy. This is this is <sighs> not good. This, this, okay. this is easy. I think you're going to get this one. Okay. If you were Kyler Murray and you were asked the question, which two point conversion did you like the best? The one in which you ran 85 yards and took 21 seconds. That was good. Or the one in which you threaded. A needle that couldn't be threaded to AJ Green. If you were Kyler Murray, which one would you say was your favorite two point conversion from the Raiders game? The pass. Yeah, the throw. Oh, there you go. See, you're not so bad at this school thing. Yeah, the throw, says Kyler. Yeah, the throw. Throw. <laughs> and here was one. an incredible throw. Yeah, he talked about whether he even saw AJ Green on that two point conversion. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him. You see, I mean, you can watch the video, see me point to him. Um, I don't know if he knew I was pointing to him, but I was pointing to Yeah, I was pointing to him. You know, he just, he probably just saw me waving or whatever, but uh, I'm glad he listened. <laughs> <laughs> Did AJ Green say, I got to get on the same page? Yeah, I guess well, so. You know, listen, in that situation, what's going, you're not, what's going through your mind right now, right there, isn't he didn't get two feet down. It isn't that he dropped the ball. It isn't that he got stripped of the ball. It's just that he's the best option I have right now to make a pass. And he made a beautiful pass. And it was as perfect a pass as he may ever make any. It was just such a perfect pass. And, um, yeah, I would probably, listen, the run was phenomenal. But he's probably done stuff like that. You know, and he gets a lot of credit for his runs. But he is a really good, accurate passer with a great deep ball. And people don't talk about that as much. So I would have said the pass. There's a shot. And I think a lot of people have seen it by now. If you haven't, I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard to find on social media or whatever. There's a shot where the camera is set up behind the other end zone, right? And it's zoomed in on the pass to A.J. Green on the two-point conversion. So you're looking at it basically over Kyler's shoulder, right? It's kind of from his perspective of what he's looking at. Go back. Find that. In fact, Mitch, if you can find that video, please tweet it out on the Burns and Gambo Twitter account. I'll, you know what? I'll, I know where it is. I can find it. It's, it's video from Kyler's perspective of what he was seeing in front of him on the pass to AJ Green. Now, now you know what I'm talking about. There's nobody there. Like when he throws the ball, right? I mean, to think, go look at the window that Kyler Murray was trying to get that ball through to get the ball to A.J. Green. There's no window there. It doesn't exist. It had to, like, two inches either way, up, down, like it's, like... It fails. Two inches down, the ball gets tipped by trainer. Mm Mm-hmm. Two inches up, it's too high. Two inches to the left, two inches to... it It had to be exactly that throw. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing, and I can see why that might be because we have all known Kyler. He he knows running is in part 
one of his great strengths, maybe his greatest strength. He wants to be known as a passer, right? He wants to be known as a quarterback first and not as a running quarterback first. So it doesn't surprise me that he takes a little more pride in the pass because that's the part of his game that one thing we've come to learn about him, he always wants to highlight that first, right? He always wants to bring that part up first. So it doesn't surprise me that he would say, oh, the pass, the pass was the one I liked the best because that's the part of him that he wants to identify with the most as a quarterback, not the guy who runs around all the time. I totally agree. For the fans, they're all going to say the run, okay? Because yeah. that run was like you just don't see that. You just don't see. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson had a terrific touchdown run, but he just straight ahead. Kyler's best runs are not north to south. They are north, south, east, west, all, you know, five different times with how he moves around. We just tweeted that video out. You can find us on at Burns and Gambo, one word on Twitter. It's a retweet from who else? Darren Urban uh, who's got the angle, basically looking right over Kyler's shoulder as he's kind of surveying the end zone. It's a great video and you can see exactly what we're talking about. Now, if you'll remember, right before he made that two-point pass to A.J. Green, they took a delay of game and at the time, it was like, oh my what are you people doing? Uh, How is smart there? rather than run a play that you don't like? That's exactly what Kyler said today. A lot of people probably would have snapped that ball, and then you know it just it wouldn't have. You're, you're rushing, you know. I'd, I'd rather you know take the delay game. We didn't have any timeouts. Um, get into a play that we liked. Even then, the play wasn't open. <laughs> so uh, just the trust between AJ. You know, AJ had a you know dropped a couple, whatever didn't make the play. Um, to be able to trust him, come back and make the play that we needed to you know extend the game. It's pretty crucial. I'm not gonna say- I didn't know he'd said that, but I mean, it does make sense, right? Instead of running a play rush that you don't really like, it's five yards, man. It's five yards. Yeah. It's five, like, it's not like it's not a 15 yard penalty. It's, it's five yard. Sit, reset, get a play that you like, run that rather than force something because you're not trying to lose five yards. In the moment, I, I, and nobody, I think, in the moment was thinking, oh, this is a good thing. They're at the seven instead of the two. Nobody's actually thinking that or saying that. In the moment, you're thinking, I mean, you were coming off of a Raiders timeout. How can you not have the play call, right? How can you How can you take a delay of game after a Raiders timeout not know what you're going to run? But credit on Kyler for not looking at the clock not panicking, not getting kind of skittish and going, okay, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me right, the ball. You know, right. just going, you know what, on second thought, screw it. Let's just go five yards back. Most people will not do that. Most people would panic. They just don't want to lose the five yards. Absolutely. Most but, people would freak out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's it's not like you you have to make a 30-yard pass. That's It's a, it's a seven yards. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, also today from Kyler Murray, the fan who hit him in the face. Yeah. And he talked about that today. And he took a tone of that he was cool with how everything went down and he doesn't really have a problem with any of it. No, it's just, you know, the stuff happens fast. Um, I'm not... No, I don't know. I don't know. I know every person I've hit in the face, they I uh, did it for a reason. I don't know, you know, if he if he if he was probably didn't know where he was, I don't know. You know, it was a, it was a pretty live game. Vegas is Vegas, I'm sure, you know. He was having fun. Um but again, I don't know. I mean I don't think any player should be getting, you know, touched in that manner, but um no hard feelings towards the guy. I mean if I seen him you know, I'd I'd shake his hand. But uh it is what it is. Cliff wants the guy fired from his job, Cliff. Cliff wants the guy to get fired. He had a couple beers and he, whatever, he's swinging, flailing his arms. Did you see that other angle of the video I sent you today? I don't know if you had it. I mean, I know it's that, look, and if you didn't, it's cool because today has been a crazy day with the summer. I saw your email. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, There was another angle of it taken 
And I got to admit, it's really debatable whether it was intentional or not. I mean, yeah, it might not have been. That's what I'm saying. That's it's, for Cliff to say the guy's really been fired is ridiculous. debatable whether Come it was intentional. And I don't Come know. On, it, Cliff. it all happened so fast, but it might just been a high five that went. Yeah, because jumping, be moving, and jumping. Plus, you put that guy. You got a, pop, a couple of pops in you. You know, you're just everybody's jumping. I, I don't. You know, I, you cannot say for sure that he intentionally just. Hey, I'm going to just punch Kyler Murray in the face. And I kind of feel like Kyler watched the video several times. And I, I don't know way. this for a fact. It maybe feels the same way. Maybe it's like, you know what? On second thought, I don't know what was going yeah. on there. It was. It all happened real fast. He got hit hard. I mean, I'm not trying to suggest for a second that Kyler Murray got brushed up against the face. No, he got he got hit. He got hit hard. But intent. Based off of the video angle I saw today, I don't know if you can look at that and say, oh, he wound up and was just going after Kyler Murray. It's a I, bunch of people all celebrating, right? Right there. Yeah. I don't like, I, I had a hard time thinking the guy did it on purpose, too. Yeah. It sounds like Kyler might feel the same way. Maybe I'm misreading the putt. It sounds like he might feel the same way. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the email I sent to Gambo, he didn't read it, and that's okay. You know why? I read your email. It's, it's a crazy day, and it's it's been a crazy week. Have we ever seen a week and a half like we've just seen here in the Valley? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Remember, remember. September. I have a fun show today. I can just tell. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. September. Same day today as you beat Nebraska. 19-0. For the uninitiated, for people who don't know, the reason why we're playing this song. Number one, it's one of Gambo's all-time favorites. I love it. Uh, number two, it's because the, the date in which they're singing about is today. Today! Today's and, the day! And, and you know what? I, I give credit Mitch, because I don't... Mitch... He remembered. He wasn't our producer on September 21st last year. Jordan was still with us. So for Mitch on his own to remember that Gambo likes this song to yeah. be played on September 21st yes. is, a, is a great credit to you, Mitch. Good yeah. job, because that's you're just really appealing to Gambo by saying something like that. I also wanted to shout out our boy, JV, as we know him, Jason VZ, our mm-hmm. imaging director, JV. for re-bringing this to my attention, because that's been deep in the uh, Jordan Bird archives, and I was unable to find Gambo singing September. 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 November. <laughs> December. <laughs> Say April. April. Yeah, okay, that was nice and normal. There was nothing fancy about that. I could do it in Italian. You wouldn't have to hear no, the no, Gennaio, no, no, Febbraio, Marzo, no, 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 Aprili. That's okay. I, I believe you. Agosto, September, October, November, December, <laughs> Luglio, Juno. We're good. I could do it. I don't have to put the R's on the end. If I just do, if I just do months in Italian, I don't have to do the R's. Yeah, you. you, you that's right. Your your butchered pronunciation of September, November, yeah. December, September, October, November, December. Only weird ones are like Luglio. Juno, Gennaio, Fabrio. Yeah, no R's. I'm good. No, just, you're good. From now on, I'm just going to do it in Italian. Good idea. Good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. Everyone will understand you then. Yes. Everyone will know exactly it's, what you're talking exactly. about if you just speak in Italian. Sure, that's a wonderful idea. September 21st will be, yes, the day that ASU beat Nebraska 19 to nothing all those years ago. I was there for that. I think we will also remember it as the day 
that Robert Sarver announced his intention to sell the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And it will be a day that will be celebrated by many, 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 many in the fan base. It'll be celebrated for different reasons by many in the fan base. Some will celebrate it because of the investigation and the transgressions and the things that he did and the, and the reports that came out and how, you know, difficult a work environment he created for all those years. Some will celebrate because they never really liked him in the first place, right? They never felt comfortable with him and his hands on the wheel of their beloved Phoenix Suns. Well, to that point, there hasn't been a lot of owners. You've had two principal owners of the Diamondbacks. Yeah, Jerry Colangelo, Ken Kendrick. You've only had one owner of the Cardinals, the Bidwell family. From Bill to Mike, just one over to Bidwell family with the Suns. Funny, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah. you're right on. No, no, you're, the, you're, you're right on the money. It's, so there hasn't been a, The Coyotes have had 100 owners. The Coyotes more than make up for they, it. Steve Ellman and Jerry Moy. They had the a whole league. bunch I mean, of... The uh, NHL, for God's sakes, on the team for a couple of years. Yeah. The, the Coyotes more than skew the averages a little bit. Yes. But, but among the, the those three... The no. NHL even owned the damn team. That's what I said. Oh, you yeah, said that, yes. I mean, but, but take them out of it, right? You haven't had. You've had five. You've had four owners. Yeah. So so who five owners four four owners who the next owner of the Suns is will be like yeah is it going to be Bob Iger is it going to be somebody suggested Phil Knight is it going to be John Najafi the the minority he's owner worth like three point five billion dollars who I you know who said in his statement a week ago he had no desire to be the majority owner but we'll see now that he's got that chance whether that's how he feels so or it not. is crazy right you think about it owners of Arizona sports teams take out the Coyotes who are owned by everybody Jerry Colangelo Ken Kendrick Robert Sarver Bidwell family four. That's it. Four. That's it. That's it. We have a stranger who's about to enter our midst. I mean, really, we don't it, even know who it is right we, now. It, uh-huh. It's a stranger. A stranger. Somebody that we don't. Uh, and and that could be. I mean, look, you look at what like Steve Ballmer has done since he's purchased the Clippers. I mean, that dude's been a dream owner, right? They haven't won. Oh, it's going to be a godsend whoever comes in here because they're going to vow. To spend money and bring a championship here. I can't wait for that first press conference. Of course. I mean, it is a lot of people, like, it's going to get a lot of people hyped up. Absolutely. And it's like, to go from Jerry to Robert is one thing, but now to go from Robert to somebody else. So when you went from somebody well, you know, well liked and respected to then to Robert, you know, Robert wasn't well liked and respected. Now you can go from Robert to somebody else. This new guy is going to be given every chance to succeed from the fan. They're going to love him. I'll tell you right now, you're going to love him no matter who it is. If he does. You're just going to love him because, you know, why are you going to love him? Because he's not Robert. I don't want to assume it's a he either. If he or she comes in and approaches it with the same mindset that Balmer did when he bought the Clippers. That person will be revered. That person will be put on a pedestal. That person will be will be. Oh, you you came in and you spent and you spent and you spent. You oh, said, they're going to commit go to it. it. Oh, oh yeah. that person's going to come in and commit to it. Where, yeah, because so, the second you ask me, you, are you willing to pay the luxury tax? You're damn right I am. I'm yeah. here to win a championship or bring a championship to Phoenix. You're going to hear everything you want to hear. You're going to hear in that first press conference. On a side note. What a crazy week it's been. Oh, please go over this. Okay. I, please go over this. I, uh, you, you did some research on it or you found research, well, whatever just, it is. No, I mean, I just, I just kind of came up with a, a list. Okay. All right. Sunday. Last Sunday. Last Sunday. Cardinals humiliated by Chiefs. Oh, some tips terrible. Tuesday. Sarver suspension announced. Okay. Wednesday. Adam Silver press conference. LeBron and Chris Paul tweet. Okay. Statement from NBA PA Executive Director Tamika Tremaglio. Thursday. Good job pronouncing that name. Thank you. John Najafi calls for Robert Sarver to step down. 
Friday, PayPal announcement. Saturday, ASU, 20.5-point favorites at home, loses to Eastern Michigan. Sunday, ASU and Herm Edwards part ways. Sunday, Cardinals rally from down 23-7 to in the fourth quarter to beat the Raiders. Wednesday, Robert Sarver announces he's selling the team. I mean, did you have anything for Monday or Tuesday? No, I mean, nothing really mm. new happened on Monday or Tuesday, did it? I don't know. Aaron I mean, Judge hit his 60th home run. Well, or, I was thinking yeah, locally, like, 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 you know. What I, happened locally? Christian Walker hit his 35th. Someone tweeted me and said, hey, U of A won a game. I'm like, yeah, okay, good for them. Um, in terms of Phoenix sports. Chelsea's government teacher became the head coach. Sean Aguano became the, like, the yeah, head coach. My wife's of government ASU. teacher. Sorry that didn't make my timeline of events. Yep. I, I'm look, a team manager. To sit here and say it's the craziest sports week of the history of Arizona sports, I don't know. Man, I, 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 can, I can barely remember that's, what happened a, a month that's ago. A, that's a pretty good timeline. You should save that. Like that's a timeline that's, to you know what I saved? I saved the, 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 the pandemic. Every day that happened, I have all of my emails that I sent to you guys and I'm gonna give it to my kid. This is this is what happened in sports. Yeah. Over a seven to eight day period. Because it's just insane it's sanity to me. What 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 happened? This league and shuts I saved down, it that all. league shuts I saved down. It all. This guy tests positive, that guy tests positive. Yeah, I I, right. I remember. I'm all watching St. John's play in the Big East tournament at home. I'm watching them play. And the next thing you know, they don't come out for halftime to say that the tournament's been canceled. What? You know what I'm going to do? We, we've got this Twitter account that follows both of us that we interact with, the Arizona Sports History account. Love it. I'm going to tweet at them and let them do my homework for me and see if they can come up with a week that has been... Oh, I was great at having people do my homework for me. I know you were. Gina Ficarra. Gina Ficarra. I mean, how could we ever forget? <laughs> of course. How could we forget Gina and all the work she did for you oh, all those years? You're the, she's the reason you're here with us right now, probably. I, I, got, I graduated I'm, high school. I'm going to ask our friends over at Arizona Sports History to see if they can... And I'll give them all the credit in the world if they, if they find a week week and a half that's been as nuts as this one, because this week has been nuts. Can I say something crazy about that site? Sure, please. I'm surprised at how much actual like tennis went on in this. When there were no sports here, like when they go back to 40 years, like it's tennis. Chris Everett defeated Martina Navratilova. I guess somebody, Chris Everett, somebody played for the local Arizona Phoenix pro tennis team. I, I swear. I didn't know that. I swear like there's so much like pro tennis that went on in this state back in the time back in the days. When we come back, we circle back to our top story of the day. Robert Sarver announcing today his plans to sell his shares of his two franchises. We'll tell you what he said, we'll tell you what is coming in response. It's been a busy day. We'll get you caught up next on the Burns and Gambo show.